0: Hello, and welcome to our fourth podcast. Today, we will be speaking with Ruth, a research fellow currently working at the Respiratory lab at McMaster University. We will be talking to you about her experience as a physician, as well as her involvement in research. This will include learning about her take on the importance of research and how the skills she has gained from it have helped her in her everyday work. In addition, stay tuned to hear her advice for undergraduate students hoping to get involved in the process.
1: Can you introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Yeah, no problem. So I'm Dr. Ruth Cusick. I am a Respiratory Fellow in McMaster University with the Department of Medicine. I work in the Cardio Respiratory Lab.
1: So since the path to being a doctor isn't the same for Mm -hmm. everyone, could you briefly describe to us what your own process is like?
2: So I'm actually Irish, if you can't tell from my accent. Um, and in Ireland it's slightly different than in Canada, um, getting into medical school. So you can do it the same route as in Canada, where you do an undergraduate and master's or just go straight into medical school as post-grad. Um, but actually a lot of Irish people in Ireland, what we do is we actually do medicine as an undergrad. So I went straight from high school into medical school which is five years long and then straight into my residency then yeah and um, so after that while I was doing my residency I um did a rotation respiratory got along really well with my consultant who became my mentor and and um, that's how I got interested in respiratory and ended up over here yeah
1: so you worked as a doctor in Ireland as yeah. well as here in Canada yeah so what are some Similarities or differences between these two?
2: So I have to say that um, Ireland and Canada are very similar in that when it comes to healthcare staff, everyone wants the best and the um, for their patients, which is good. Um, but also the quality of the healthcare given to patients is excellent. Quality of the nursing staff, of the medical staff, of the doctors, the secretaries, etc., is excellent to the patients. And I think that the patients can understand that as well. But there is some things that we're also similar with. So, um, oftentimes patients and um, will complain about weightiness for scans, for clinics, um, etc. And the same problems are within Ireland as well. But it's not only within Ireland and Canada; it's actually all over the world. So, if you look at, um, say, the UK, there's always headlines every day about trolleys and waitiness, etc. And that weightiness are going up, and that is a big concern for everyone. But unfortunately, in every single country, and um, Especially in the third world, we're getting older, so people are living more with chronic diseases. So um, while Canadian healthcare system is great, and so is Ireland, it's a problem that's worldwide. Right. Yeah.
0: Um. And also, just adding on to that, uh, you've been practicing medicine for yeah. a while now. Have Ten you se- years. Yeah. Wow. Have you seen a change from the beginning? So, like when you first started to now, in terms of waiting times and like improving quality of care for patients, or is it like, has it been the same?
2: So, within Ireland, um, the statistics unfortunately have um, worsened. Yeah, but that's because we're getting older and unfortunately um, uh, there's been problems with doctors emigrating, etc. Um, but the one big change that I've actually seen within medicine as a whole is the amount of new treatments that are um, becoming available. The amount of new clinical trials which are going on that patients have access to. Um, and that is also amazing as well. And that is, uh, we all take part of that when we take part in research.
0: Yeah. Oh, thank you for sharing that. So, while you do practice as a physician, we also understand that you're interested in research due to your work here yeah. at the Cardio Respiratory Lab uh could you tell us a bit about what you specifically do here
2: so um i'm a respiratory fellow so i work in the lab and um, i am registered with the CPSOs. so the um, the canadian medical council basically so i can work as a doctor but i also um so i do outpatient clinics once a week so i do an asthma and respiratory outpatient clinic once a week with my boss and uh, dr O'Brien. but i also work in the lab itself so that's good because i get to keep up my clinical side with patients regularly but i also get to participate in the lab doing research so the character respiratory lab here has been here for over 30 years it's one of the best well-known labs around the world when it comes to asthma. Um, So they look at asthma, but they also look at COPD, and they've um, got some studies looking at dermatitis as well. And um, for me, it was really exciting to be even given an opportunity to come here because these are the people that have shaped the treatments for asthma in the last 30 years. So to even have a small role in that is amazing. Um, So what I do on a day-to-day basis is um, patients who come in to take part in clinical trials or have procedures done or um, to have some um, clinical trials tests done like to collect their sputum and look at the amount of cells in their sputum see what type of asthma they have i talk to the patients do physical histories do bronchoscopies and um, and i also do own research as well
1: yeah uh you touched on this a bit before how your supervisor yeah. in ireland kind of s- yeah. like sparked that interest in cardiorespiratory research yeah. so could you build a bit more on that
2: yeah no problem so um, as I said it's slightly different in Ireland compared to Canada so I graduated medical school in 2009 and I did a year of what we call internships the so six months surgery and six months medicine and I actually loved surgery because even in medical school, I love the fact that you could actually do procedures so that you could um, do procedures on patients, you would have a little bit of your operating time and your outpatient time, um, and you'd also have board- based uh, things as well. So that was always my favorite. And During my internship, I really thought about doing surgery, um, but I decided to take a year out. and um, so, so oftentimes when you're working 110 hours per week, you can get burnt out. So I took a year out to decide what I wanted to do and did a little bit of traveling and came back and decided I wanted to do medicine. So I did two years of medicine um, and as part of it, I did three months respiratory. I really liked it. And the reason is, is that not only do you have chronic diseases like uh, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease of COPD, um, and you've got things like cystic fibrosis and bronchiectasis but you also have things like asthma as well and you also have acute things as well like pneumonia people have fluid on their lungs and you also get to do procedures so in my day-to-day job before I came working in the lab I would have every week I'd have two bronchoscopy lists where I do bronchoscopy is an examination into the lungs we put a camera through the mouth or through the nose into someone's lungs you can have a look at their lungs take biopsies if they've got lung cancer. So I'd be doing 16 of those a week. Um, but also you can do other procedures. So you can put a drain into someone's lung on the ward, and um, do ultrasounds on the ward. So it really kind of gave you almost a surgical experience within medicine as well, which I really liked. So that's why I wanted to do respiratory. And my um, mentor at the time had actually worked with Paul so while I was working with him, he had mentioned that he'd worked in Canada and had done the same job I did, how amazing it was, and that's when I said, well do you know what, so amazing, I actually want to try to do it as well. So I worked as much as I could and met with Paul and Dr. Killian and um, got given the opportunity to come over here and um, I mean it's been amazing I have to say, I've got nothing negative to say about it over here and the Canadian Canadian people in general, but also the Canadian healthcare system.
0: Yeah. Building on the research side of things, yes. and you coming over here, what is your favorite aspect of the research process? Um, so my favorite aspect of the research project, well,
2: there's two bits to it. So I really like interacting and um, with the students within the lab, and the reason is is that often the students are way, way, way more smart than I've ever been. Um, so they That's often not... <laughs> just, no, no. <laughs> I'm blonde, they can't tell if I'm blonde. But um, you know, um. When you're, like, I'm 10 years out from medical school now, so oftentimes people ask you something, you think, God, I knew that 15 years ago when I was in fresh year medical school, but I can't remember it anymore you end up looking at things because you get much more into the clinical side of everything and so uh, the benefit is is that the students are usually teaching me rather than me teaching them and um, but what I can bring is I can bring a clinical side to it because we see the patients every day and we know what their clinical problems are and how they tell us things and you kind of can only get that if you're actually meeting the patients every day so I think that kind of works very well so and um, that's probably my favorite bit of it and um, but also meeting with the subjects as well because Because um, most things that we do in the lab are we do clinical trials for new emerging therapies or current therapies um, within uh, the asthma market on subjects who have asthma. Um, So we might have say people who have moderate to severe asthma that are on multiple inhalers that are still, still symptomatic and we'll give them the option to go into a clinical trial try out new medications or we'll have patients who have very mild asthma and see um, if we can understand the process behind the disease. Um, And I always think it's just so amazing that people are willing to give up their time, their energy and to actually take part in these trials and I think that overall what we all want to do is kind of understand more about the disease more about human diseases in general, and how that we can better it in the future so we can make sure that people aren't suffering as much as they used to
0: mm-hmm. with the disease. Um, just kind of this occurred to me, You do outpatient clinics yeah. and you do research. So what are your hours like? I'm supposing there's a lot of time that you put into all of this.
2: Honestly, my hours in Canada are so much better than they were in Ireland. <laughs> <laughs> when when um, I was doing my residency, you'd be starting word rounds at like 6.30 a.m. You'd be finishing it at um, like 7 p.m. And I was actually doing a public health master's before I came over, so I go home in the evening time do up my public health stuff, do some research stuff as well. So when I came over here, I do my outpatients once a week, we do teaching as well, and then we're in the lab as well. But honestly, my bosses have been so supportive. I luckily don't have to do any on-call here, so it's actually been a great time for me to have actually time for myself, and that I can say, okay, I do have this weekend off. Um, Which is good, because oftentimes in medicine, you don't get that. You're You're constantly contactable, Patients can always get on to you. It's very hard to actually switch off, so I've really appreciated that over here. Yeah, and it's a positive side to doing research as well. Right.
0: Yeah. So, in your opinion, what are some what are some of the biggest gaps or concerns in the area of study pertaining to? respiratory diseases. So
2: in terms of asthma there's um, two main kind of huge areas of interest um, at the moment. So we have, I touched on it earlier, there's the patients with moderate to severe asthma. Mm-hmm. So these are people who are taking their inhalers twice or even more times per day and they're still requiring lots and lots of steroids. So we actually specifically do studies within this but also all around the world this is an area so um, of interest. So within the last Four or five years there has been four new therapies which have um, been improved for these types of patients um, and there's more interest in kind of creating more and more um, therapies for these people because not everyone will respond to those medications so that's one big area that is um, of huge interest to the asthma world but also on the other end of the scale so you've got 20% of the people who have severe asthma that there's new therapies for but then you've also got people on the other end of the scale who have milder asthma so these would be people that require their blue inhaler their Ventolin a couple of times a week and or need steroids Um, and that's kind of an emerging interest because you know these are also people who may get a sudden asthma attack and may end up in hospital or may unfortunately pass away from it so that's an emerging area as well where people are trying to come up with new therapies to reduce that and in the middle of at all and we have a fellow within our lab as well Dr. Satya who you both know and his area of interest is in cough in general and that's an area which has actually really grown within um, um, the UK with his old boss Jackie but also um, within our lab as well and that's looking at all asthmatics and also people in general who have chronic cough um, because the medications that we have for asthma while well, they're really good at reducing down and um, the narrowing of your airways so your bronchoconstriction and the um, responses to allergies so if you're allergic to cat you come in contact with the cat and your airways narrow get breathless We're really good at that but they're not as good when it comes to managing cough cough is a huge symptom so if anyone's ever had a really bad um, episode of sinusitis or if you've had um, a bad cold you know how annoying it is when you lie down and you can't you spend all night and you have to sit up in the bed and you can't breathe because you're coughing so much so his area of interest is actually focused on why people cough why there's differences between how people cough and also um, who coughs more than others and um, how we can treat that as well. So we've got some studies going on at the moment for possible new treatments for that as well. So that I think is going to really be huge. If we can find a treatment for cough, that will be huge. Yeah.
1: Do you think being a physician has helped you with this research or vice versa, has being a researcher helped you as a physician?
2: Um, I would say I'm primarily a physician. Yeah and because the reason I went into medicine was to be a physician and while I'm one good thing I have to say about Ireland is that um, during my training at every single point of my training medical school and training it was really shown to us that to be a good physician you should be involved in research whether or not it's auditing yourself to see am I meeting the standard that should be. Um, At every point in a physician's life I think it is um, important to be part of. Um, research, and there's a very good reason behind that. So, in within medicine, there's four pillars of ethics, um that you're supposed to go along with. So, one is be- beneficence, which is um, basically showing um, treating people and um, making sure that they improve. Okay. Um, and then there's non-maleficence which i always pronounce wrong that's making sure that you don't do harm to the patient and that is core when it comes to to doing clinical trials or any research you know, this person's given up their time to take part in something for you you should not be negatively affecting them and then there's um autonomy so patients have their own um, free will and also justice so equality amongst patients Um, And part of making sure that you treat patients positively is actually making sure that you're a good physician. So that's taking part in education, so you know, going to your weekly journal club, reading articles, and going to um, meetings, going to, you know, the American Thoracic Society, so learning about new treatments. And the reason is, is that if you're not learning about new treatments, but also taking part in research and looking at how you treat the patients you're never going to be moving forward. And medicine is so fast moving forward, it's very hard to keep up to it, with it, even within respiratory, even within asthma. It's always new articles published every single day. It's very, hard. it can be almost mind boggling how much research is going on, but unless you actually keep forward with it, you're going backwards and you're not doing what you should be for your patients. Yeah.
0: So it seems like being a physician means you're also inherently a researcher and they're not necessarily separate but together.
2: No, no. and I think that you know, whether or not you're actually involved in research on a day-to-day basis, I would think that you, you don't have to, as a physician, you don't have to be looking, doing clinical trials, you don't have to be sitting in a lab doing research. You could be sitting in a family medicine practice and going, okay, we've got thousand patients with asthma in our whole group of 10 physicians how are we treating them are we are we treating them to what we should be doing and what can we do better so I think that everyone can do it nursing staff can do it and um, simple things like you can do an um, infection control audits do people actually wash their hands and um, so and um, do people know what they should be doing do people go along with the guidelines so even um um when I was a junior resident um I did an audit to see do people actually when they come onto the ward do they get their um, heparin treatment. So simple thing like you know, you go along every morning for a week, you look at all the patients on the ward and see how many of them are on heparin underneath skin, um which is given underneath skin one injection per day to reduce down the risk of getting a clot, clot in their leg, clot in their lungs. And um, because people when they are in hospital aren't moving around, they're sicker, etc. Um, and the benefit of that is that you can see, well, are we going with guidelines? Why are not these people getting it? How can we improve it? You can give them um, give education sessions to everyone, try to improve it, and then go back, re audit it and say, well, have we gotten better or not? If you're still not meeting it, you can say, okay, well, let's do better people. And everyone can do that. You don't have to be part of a big lab like us to be part of something like that. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So through
1: all of these research jobs and things that you do on a daily basis, what type of skills have you learned and how has that carried over to other aspects of life?
2: So I think the biggest thing that you learn when you're doing research is um, the benefit of teamwork. Because it can be very easy to sit in your lab on your own and say, okay, this is my project, no one's helping with it. But when you work in a lab like ours, you realise that everyone has their role, and it's only when someone doesn't do their role and you have to do it for them, that you realise that you're over your head and actually that person had a much bigger job than you thought they did. And I think that's the benefit of working in research in a lab like us is that you have to really work as a team Um, and I think that's what um, works really well in our lab because the students all have their role, the coordinators all have their role, um, the professors all have their role as well Um, and it's only when everyone explains their role that people kind of get interested in it. So I really hope that the from the students they feel appreciated up to the clinical coordinators, up to the lab workers as well that they feel um, appreciated by it all. And in terms of the lab itself, um I suppose I have um I always kind of took part in some of my previous jobs, kind of helping a little bit of the clinical trials and um, but also helping with research that people were doing and um, but by partaking in this lab and doing research here, it's given me a lot more responsibility to come up with ideas. So to say, okay, well, what do we want to do research in? How do we go about it? Writing protocols, and then trying to get that accepted to say Health Canada, if it's a trial, the research ethics board, as well, and then implementing it. So, trying to get the patients in and um, get the, getting them to do all their visits, um, and then actually analyzing the data afterwards. So, that's hard when you're doing your residency because you can't do a study of 20 people. So, you're much more um, likely to do, say, chart reviews or different things like that. Um, but it's also exciting as well because it's a different kind of way of looking at studies. Yeah.
1: So, carry on with research, how do you see your path in the future? Would it be more towards physician or more towards research?
2: Um, So in the future, um, I have to say my favourite part is talking to patients. As you can tell, I'm a talker. (laughs) And it's not just the Irish of me. But um, I do love know being on call seeing people come in and hopefully making their lives better and which we don't always do you know and but we try our best and so I think in the future my main role will be as a physician with research on the side yeah and I'm more than happy with that and definitely yeah yeah and I think you with having a little bit of research on the side as well it allows you kind of at the same time um, think up of ways so if you see patients all the time you can see what the patient's day-to-day problems are and what needs to be improved for patients and you can actually bring that to your research side yeah
1: so seeing as how you have so much experience in both physician and yeah. also as a researcher what type of advice would you give to high school students who possibly want to explore both mm-hmm. careers or possibly a joint or a, uh, career or yeah. even
2: like yeah. undergraduate students as well yeah so so many undergraduate students will say to me like i want to get into medical school i want to do this i want to do this i would honestly say when i went into medical school i was like i i didn't want to be a medical well i want to be a medical doctor but i actually want to be a forensic pathologist (laughs) and yes i want to be patricia cornwall and i have to say that if you limit yourself to what you want to do and you say i want to do this that is great but expect that things can change because you know, um, oftentimes people think I want to be a pediatric and um, cardiac surgeon, but you get into something and you need to be unblinkered because you never know what you might decide you want to do. And um, so, I would say, if you do want to participate in research, or if you, if you're an undergraduate, or if you're a high school student who are thinking about going into life sciences or health sciences don't blinker yourself and think, this is my goal in life and if I don't meet it, that my life is finished. It definitely isn't. There's so many doors um, within Health Sciences open to everyone. And honestly, um, it's not one person that does all the research. As you can tell from being in our lab, if everyone wasn't there the puzzle would not be complete one person is not over it like the, if we didn't have the coordinator helping us nothing would get done here if we didn't have leslie in the lab nothing would get done i'd be totally lost up there and um, so everyone has a job and so don't be blinkered as to what you should do but if you do want, if you are interested in research, and um, you, know, you can um, ask to do a summary student, and you can ask to do some shadowing within the lab as well. And um, if you're in McMaster, there's so, many, so much research going on at McMaster. It's one of the biggest universities in the world for research that if you're at all interested in seeing how things are, please participate in research, not just in our lab, although please do but also in other labs as well you know so you could say look I want to take part in some of your research that you're doing or else I want to take, um, come to your lab as a student or I want to be a summer student yeah you know everyone looks at doctors and they think oh my god aren't they great no we're not like honestly I this is a conversation I was going into um fights with my friends I honestly think that you know healthcare as a whole if we didn't have Porters to bring the patients down to their, um, their x-rays, if we didn't have the people giving us coffee at the start of the day, because otherwise we wouldn't be able to last for the full day, if we didn't have the nurses. The nurses, honestly, are your best friend when you're a junior doctor, as are the physiotherapists, the speech and language therapists. The nurses are the ones who give me um, uh, pieces of chocolate when I was like up at two o'clock in the morning, very stressed with after patients. If you don't have all these people working together, no one's ever going to get
1: treated. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to speak with us, Ruth. Your insightful comments are sure to reach many, but until then, this is HealthCast.